Wolf and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> Boom, Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke here on a Thursday morning as the Arizona Cardinals prepare to go to Mexico City to take on the 49ers on Monday night. Um, you know, a lot of injuries still up in the air. We talked about Hollywood Brown. It, I think we're both on the same page. You would assume, barring a setback, that he's angling towards playing on Monday. We know they won't have Zach Ertz. I mean, it feels like it has been a different team every single week this season, Wolf, because significant players have either been missing or, in the case of DeAndre Hopkins, coming back and potentially Hollywood Brown this week coming back. It's one of the reasons why we were just so jacked up because, to me, when they open that window, that three-week window right there to bring you off of IR, what they're saying is you're ready to come off IR. You're ready. We're not going to run you out of the practice field if it possibly might re-injure your ankle. I mean, you could get re-injured in practice, so why would you... Exactly right. So you you don't want to do that, especially at this point in the season. You already brought it up, how critical, what a critical juncture this game is in Mexico City for the Arizona Cardinals, and there's no way to get around that. Well, yeah, and I mean, you don't, you don't, you would never risk somebody's safety Big picture anyway, but as, as far as like in a year and like last year, you might say, okay, well, you know, I'd rather have him at full strength for week 12. Uh, if you don't win against San Francisco, yeah. you know, week 14, week 15 might not matter <laughs> as much. You know, they will matter because they're NFL games. They're not going to matter to your playoff chances if you don't win. But if you do win against San Francisco, we have to have a real conversation about this team being right back in the playoff yeah. if they win that game. Uh, so, like you said earlier, it basically is a playoff game. Now, another player that we don't know if he's going to play or not is Kyler Murray, kind of important. That's your, your, uh, your quarterback. Colt McCoy, though, played pretty well against the Rams. Kyler Murray yesterday went on and on about how big of an impact. And you saw this on Hard Knocks last night, and we knew this last year, but it's still good to hear it from Kyler Murray how much he looks up to Colt McCoy. Colt, man, he's a he's probably he's since I've been in the league, really my only honestly whole career, you know, only really veteran quarterback besides Bake, obviously in college. But um, you know, he's been around so much football, been around so many great coaches, uh, dealt with a lot of players, schemes. Um, just a really intelligent football player. Obviously, a great friend. You know, uh, kind of got that father figure type of uh, vibe to him. All the guys look to him. You know, can trust him. Uh, really reliable, accountable. Just you know, he, he's a great teammate. So um, to have him, you know, in my corner. Obviously, the guys love him. Um, as you, you know, I mean, there's nothing, nothing more I could ask for out of a out of a guy. So. He is the best example that Kyler Murray could have as what it takes to be a quarterback in the National Football League. I, I, I'm saying that when you talk about a backup and things you look for in a backup, um, clearly, once again, and Colt McCoy would be the first one to tell you this, clearly Colt McCoy does not have the raw talent that Kyler Murray has. He does not. What he does have is an unbelievable grasp of the game of football, the knowledge of the game of football. In how the National Football League works, too. Not just the X's and O's. Not just scheme, ladies and gentlemen, but experience. He knows how the game works. 
He knows what relationships are really, really important for a franchise quarterback. He understands that and knows it better than most. And this is why I'm so encouraged and hoping when I listen to Kyler Murray talking about the impact that that he has had on him. Hopefully, this is going to continue to pay dividends. It's I, almost ironic on how stuff like this works out, right? Because this is Colt McCoy's fifth NFL team. Colt McCoy, if he were the backup in Green Bay or something, would not have the value there that he has here. Because everything you just said, totally true. Yes. He also has the respect of Kyler Murray, though. Yes. Kyler Murray grew up looking up to Colt McCoy. Hey, look at that guy. He's a really great, great Texas football player. Okay, Yeah, all the respect in the world from Kyler Murray. Now, you just heard Kyler say it right there. He's never really had a veteran quarterback that he was working with anyway. I mean, in college, yeah, okay, Baker Mayfield's, what, a year older? Two years? Who cares? That's not really that much of a difference. It is in college, but it's not in, in the real world. And for Kyler Murray to... to to say what he said yesterday about Colt McCoy, but but more importantly, that's been the reality for the last year and a half. Colt McCoy, that was such a great pickup for this team. You said it earlier, watching Hard Knocks last night, he looked like a coach. Yeah. Coach that was able to also go out there and throw the ball and win the game. Yes. But it's it's the impact he specifically has on Kyler Murray that I'm not sure he would have on every other quarterback in the league. No, you're absolutely right about that. And I honestly was encouraged when I heard Kyler talking about him because of that very thing. Kyler's got a lot of room to grow. He still has to grow. This is the one thing that I think we're pretty certain of in regard to Kyler Murray. And I think Kyler understands he's not a finished product. He needs to grow. And I don't mean athletically. I don't mean physically. He's got everything you could possibly want from a franchise quarterback to light up team after team after team. After team, after team, after okay, Marshawn, Marshawn has, has just the way totally changed. <laughs> He's changed everything for me, over and over again. Um, but honestly, he just could not have a better mentor for Kyler Murray right now, and I think that has been on display well, so far, especially last night with Hard Knocks. Yeah, I, I think it's big too to have a voice. That isn't just Cliff Kingsbury. So you have another coach that is a voice that, again, Kyler, let's say Kyler plays on Monday. Colt McCoy can tell him stuff that nobody else can tell him because Colt McCoy can tell him from a quarterback's perspective yeah. and not just a quarterback's perspective, a quarterback that was out there behind this offensive line playing for this team just a couple days ago. So if you don't if you don't look up to or respect your backup quarterback, you know, you can like the guy, but be like, yeah, OK, what can you really tell me? And like you said, we all see it. Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick. Colt McCoy was a third round pick that bounced around this league. He's good enough to, to stick around this league. He's an NFL player. He's three and one as a Cardinal starter. He's not a bad quarterback, but Kyler Murray's got so much talent, he doesn't know what to do with it quite yet. If he just liked Colt McCoy, that's great. He listens to Colt McCoy, and that's big. But here's the other thing about it, too. He gets to see how Colt McCoy deals with his teammates. He gets to see how Colt manages these guys around him. It's one of the things I loved about Hard Knocks last night, man. Just listening to him. You know, he knew the game plan. He knew the game plan and he knew, man, the ball's coming out, man. Ball's coming out. He talked to a, a lot of the wide receivers. Sean Jefferson as well, the wide, the wide receiver coach. Ball's coming out. It's coming out quickly. That was the theme all week long. And you know what? He, he's raising the bar, too, 
for other guys when he's sitting there talking to Cam Turner, the quarterback coach, and he's saying, we need to know what it is that we're doing or we're going to lose. He sounded this like team. the coach in he, that specific exa- scene. Yes, he did in that specific scene. But guess what? Do you think Colt McCoy is saying that to his receivers and to his offensive line, to the entire offense? Yes, uh, we saw him. He is. We saw him last night. We saw we saw a glimpse into how intense he was about preparing. Yes, and that made all the difference and last he's week. Raising the bar for everybody else around him when he acts like that. All right, we come back. It's going to be a different one. Monday night football in Mexico City. What will Wolf watch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, the goal all along here with this uh, this three-game run through the NFC West, as we were going into that Seattle game, Wolf, we kept saying, make this game in Mexico mean something. And this game in Mexico does absolutely mean something, and you never know what you're going to get. You're, you're not really traveling that much further, but you are traveling into a different country. Yes. You're playing a Monday night football. You got two teams that both need the win. It's not like San Francisco's hanging out at 8-1, and one, just kind of chilling. Like, there's, there's a lot on the line here, so what are you going to be watching? For. You know what? Elevation in Mexico City, yeah. higher than Flagstaff. Think about that as we roll that beautiful music. What will Wolf watch? Jimmy G's Last Stand. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some man you just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you think. Can we just let the music roll? General George Armstrong Custer became famous for his starring role in the disastrous battle of the Little Bighorn. Although known as Custer's Last Stand by many, the battle took the life of General G, as he was known, who rose to fame as a Union general in the American Civil War. Jimmy G rose to fame at Eastern Illinois University. He won the Walter Payton Award as a senior and was selected by the New England Patriots in the second round of the 2014 draft and became Tom Brady's backup for four seasons. Forget about the Union Cavalry. The Battle of the Little Bighorn was personally a disaster for Custer and his clan. Although more than 200 men were wiped out by the Sioux and Cheyenne Warriors on June 25, 1876, General G lost four members of his family. Custer's 18-year-old nephew, his brother-in-law, and two younger brothers were lost in the ill-timed, ill-planned meeting on the battlefield known as the Greasy Grass. Jimmy G 
likes his hair greasy and knows what family is all about. He is from a huge Italian clan. His grandparents, Anthony and Rose Garoppolo, were both Italian immigrants. He is the son of an electrician and is surrounded by family much of the time. General George Custer was surrounded on the banks of the Little Bighorn River with a Catawampus uplands, rugged bluffs, and plains all adjacent one to the other. During the Civil War, the boy general seemed to have such a streak of good fortune in spite of his daring command and having 11 horses shot out from under him that it was referred to as Custer's Luck. Jimmy G thought it was luck to be placed behind Tom Brady. He said, Brady helped me with things off the field and on the field, he told ESPN. Anything I had a question about, there it was, just me and him in the meeting room together. How to go about your business, how to be a professional quarterback, and there's little things that people don't even realize, just how you carry yourself. And he does that better than anybody. All those things put together. Guys got rings for a reason. General G liked rings, too. The flamboyant general paid great attention to his appearance. He wore a black velvet uniform with coils of gold lace, spurs on his boots, a red scarf around his neck, and a large broad-brimmed sombrero. Custer took particular pride in his cascading gold locks, which he perfumed with cinnamon oil. The Cardinals hope to perfume Jimmy G with blood, sweat, and J.J. Watt grease. The 49ers are in the middle third of the league in terms of sacks per attempt allowed and Jimmy G picks allowed. Big Red needs to force Jimmy to move his feet, get off schedule, and throw the ball on the run. For all the talk of physicality in Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, the 49ers appear to be more flash than physical, more polish than punish. And that is shocking for me to say about their offense. General Terry was stunned when he arrived two days after the battle of the Little Bighorn. The troops found most of Custer's dead men stripped of their clothing and in a state of decomposition. The rise that the general stood on became known as Custer's Hill, and the battle, Custer's Last Stand. Jimmy G's NFL career as a starter is winding down in the hills surrounding San Francisco. If the Cardinals can beat Jimmy G on Monday Night Football, it could be the beginning of the end of his career as a starter. Mexico City might become Garoppolo's Hill or Jimmy G's last stand. just have to wonder how many more opportunities Jimmy G is going to get to be a starter in the National Football League because you know the 49ers thought Jimmy G was the guy and then he wasn't the guy and suddenly they they drafted his replacement. Yeah, it's he's got to be the most unique quarterback in the NFL right now because you're right. They they thought they had their franchise quarterback. Remember how many people were up in arms that, that Belichick just kind of 
he traded him away for almost nothing to San Francisco. Second round pick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess I mean it's not nothing, but it, but it was like there were it was all this talk of all these other teams were going to give up so much more to get him. I think Cleveland was a team that was like, hey, we would have given you a lot more for Jimmy G, and yet San Francisco tried to move on, but also. He's been to a Super Bowl with the 49ers, and he was almost in another Super Bowl last year with the 49ers. If Joukowsky Tart hangs on to that interception against Matthew Stafford, the Niners are in the Super Bowl last year. And Wolf, I was stunned the other day when we were looking at passer ratings, and Jimmy G's sixth in the NFL this year. Mm. And if and if you even want to go further than that, passing yards per game, because you can kind of get the passer rating up but not really be doing a whole lot. You're just not turning the ball over and you're completing a lot of short passes, which is what he does. But he's averaging more passing yards per game than Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers. Those are the big... Dak Prescott. Like, those are guys that throw the ball. Yes. Not a ton more, but I just yeah. I didn't even expect him to be up there. Yeah, you know what's amazing, though? Um, can I just say that watching the 49ers offense, which you know how much regard and respect I have for Kyle Shanahan, and the way they run the ball and attack the line of scrimmage for the most part in between the tackles, they're just not having a lot of success doing that this year. And that speaks a lot, I think, to the the offensive line, of course, and maybe even to some degree the reputation of the 49ers and how guys get up to play, fight inside that box against the 49ers because they know by reputation here it comes. Um, they don't seem to be running the ball as successfully in between the tackles. And although defensively, they are absolutely a nightmare inside that box. Offensively right now, they're pretty average. And that is a weird thing to say about the 49ers when you watch them try to run the ball. Yeah, and especially with the, all the pieces they have, it does sort of feel like they haven't put them all together yet. But I, right. I, I, I still have to think, <laughs> with everything I just said about Jimmy G., that's your best chance to beat this team is getting to him, having him make a mistake, getting sacks on him, forcing turnovers through him, or at least shutting down their offense because he is being forced to make big plays and he can't. That, to me, is a clearer path to beating the 49ers than, oh, yeah, we're going to go out there and score 35 on them because you're not going to on that defense unless things get really weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back to Suns. Got another win over the defending champs last night. So are the Warriors still the clear-cut team to beat? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, the Suns got back on track last night. Golden State did not. The Suns end their two-game losing streak, but the Warriors are 0-8 on the road this season. And yes, with the Warriors, I'm sure some of it is they'll kick it into high gear in March or April like they did last year. And uh, they have a pretty good track record of that working. Well, if they do win the title basically every other year over the last decade or so. But um, maybe not. As easy as it, it uh, as I would have thought before the start of the season. I thought Golden State was the team to beat, and I, I'm not going to be swayed after 14 or 15 games. But I do wonder why they really don't look right. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. They didn't look like 
I don't know. They don't look like a team right now that's that's just kind of coasting through the regular season. They look off. Steph scored 50 points and they lost last night. Yeah. It's not like Steph didn't play and they lost. You know what's so weird about this, Luke, is I remember you, and I'm not saying this to, to make you... Um, oh, boy. What is no, this? I know. Oh, I'm no, not attacking okay. you no, in any way, shape, like or form, are. but it's interesting. It does. It kind of sounds like it. I remember you saying all of last season the same thing. About, you know what, hey, listen, the Warriors, just the Warriors, they don't look the same, they don't look right, and yet you were always, I, I think when the playoffs start, here they come. I, I, yes, you always year was a lot that. higher. Yes, yeah. you were. And you know what, I, honestly, I just kind of feel like this is the way that they do it. This is the way that they process. This is the way that their culture comes together and the chemistry that they generate. It's all a, an experiment in the first half of the season. You know what has me looking at this year differently, though, is what you said yesterday of let's not forget the season started with Draymond Green sucker punching Jordan Poole. Yes. And yes, I, I saw this. Actually, I think it was Bill Simmons tweeted this out last night, and I was just reading through some of the responses, and a lot of them were Warriors fans blaming everything on Clay Thompson. Or, or they were saying, okay, yeah, go ahead. That's a, an easy narrative to go with, yeah, because one of our players punched another one. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it isn't. I, I, I have a hard time believing it's nothing, but maybe it's not something that can derail the Warriors. But... Doesn't it feel like if in crunch time Jordan Poole like misses a shot in the second round of the playoffs or something and Draymond Green says the wrong thing to him yeah. that it's gonna like it just feels like something that that is kind of boiling until one of them isn't on the team anymore and I'm not saying it's gonna derail them but I'm just saying they don't look unbeatable yeah. I guess if you told me you got to pick the champion today. It's still Golden State, Boston, Milwaukee, or Phoenix. Those are my four teams. I'm, I'm going to stick with them. Golden yeah. State's right there at the top of that list, but I just think they are beatable. Have you ever been sucker punched? No. Have you ever been sucker punched? Okay. Have you? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine these... liking it. It's why there was no, don't worry about it. Was back in college, of course. <laughs> All right, Gone. back in college. Sorry, don't Dre. worry about it. Somebody who just cold cocks you out of nowhere. I'm not saying I didn't deserve it. I've seen it okay. in person. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> You've seen it. I'm not saying I didn't deserve it. Back when I was in college, especially as a freshman, maybe even in my sophomore year, I, I had an edge. And I'm not it. <laughs> Just plot it down, man. Nobody wants to hear about it. The declivitous nature of Ron Wolfley back when I was in college. Nobody wants to know. God, sucker punch. It's one of these deals that you never forget it. Because even though you're on the ground wondering what happened, you'll never forget it again. Um, and I, and I just wonder the kind of damage that does. It's so, it's so, um, evil for lack of a better way of saying it. You're getting punched when you don't even know you're going to get punched. Yeah. Okay. And the other guy knows you don't know that he's going to punch you. Which is why you. he can land the punch. Which is why he's going to punch you. Um, it, it's, it's so wrong on so many different levels, my brothers. And you just have to wonder what kind of damage that has. Every time that Jordan Poole gets on the bus, every time, look, there's Draymond, there's Draymond Green, there's his face. What 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 is that like? And I just I'm can't sure, imagine there's I'm much sure trust. Draymond has probably apologized profusely. 
but it's just one of those things you don't really forget quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I think on a different team... Even if you forgive the guy, you, you just you don't forget. Well, what, what happens when, when tensions rise again next time? You know what I mean? This is a long season. There's going to be ups and no downs doubt. even for Golden State. Do you really... Does Jordan Poole really feel like Draymond Green's got his back if things start to go south? Or vice versa? It's one of those things that if it wasn't Golden State and they didn't have that culture, I think would be... It would almost force you to take sides if you were on that team. Like, okay, are you on Jordan's side or are you on Draymond's side? Um, I don't think that that's the case with Golden State. Again, I'm not saying they're done. I'm not saying any of that. So when they win the title, I don't I don't need the tweet saying, you thought they were done in mid-November. I don't think they're done. I just don't think they are as locked in as they were last year. And then there is the franchise quarterback. Then there is the legendary franchise quarterback syndrome, where now all of a sudden you've got a Tom Brady, you got Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, how have these ended? How have these legends ended a lot of their career right now? Okay, Tom Brady, you can say, of course, the jury's still out on Tom Brady, and we get that. Give it 15 but, more but, years. But even Tom Brady, it's, it's getting a little cattywampus here in the last year. What probably is going to be his last season as an NFL quarterback, right? Would you agree with that? It's get, it got a little weird this offseason, of course. Could you see them the winning a couple and the playoff down, games? The retiring and I'm not retiring. It's yet. been weird. This is, it, I, I think Draymond Green knows this is his last year as a warrior, and I think it's getting a little sideways on him. That's just the franchise quarterback syndrome. Would you say he's been an integral piece to them winning their championships? Yes, if we were playing fulcrum basketball, he would routinely be there because sometimes he takes away championships from Golden State. Yes. But he often helps them win championships. There's no doubt about it. Do you think Draymond Green believes that, that he has helped this organization win multiple championships? I'll take it one step further. I I bet Draymond Green believes on some level the reason he's not going to keep being there is because they pay Jordan Poole. Exactly right. So ask yourself this question once again. I, I think he sees himself as the franchise guy. Yeah, Steph Curry, of course. It's me and Steph. That's who it is. It's me and Steph. Even Clay, I would think to some degree. No, it's Especially me. KD when he was there too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think Draymond sees himself and Steph as the glue to that team. And when he says goodbye, things are going to be different forever with that team. That's what I think he believes. And you know what? I think it's getting a little sideways on him, man. I think this is the franchise quarterback syndrome, and it's starting to impact Draymond Green. I just I just wonder if that, and that's really at the heart of it for me. It's not that they lost to the Suns last night by 11. It's not that the Suns have already beaten them twice. It is a little strange they're 0-8 on the road. Like, everybody has won a road game by now except Golden State. But that's all stuff that goes away when they win 14 in a row in February or March, right? We're, we're just like, who cares what they did in October when they haven't lost a game in three and a half weeks in the middle of March. But what you're talking about is the sort of thing that could come back up. You get into a tough series, second round of the playoffs, you're playing the Suns, you're going to game six, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole kind of get into it and practice a little bit. We saw last year firsthand. We don't even know what happened with the Suns. Something broke with the Suns, yeah. and they were a 64-win team, and they bowed out against an okay team with a really good player. Yeah. So what happens if Golden State's going up against a really good team and something goes sideways with Draymond? 
It's just so weird, man. It didn't end well. It doesn't end well for whatever reason. When you've been with an organization for a long, long time, it doesn't end well a lot of the time. Tom Brady up in New England. He's the one guy that you'd point. It didn't end well up there in New England. No, and how many Super Bowls did they win? If it was ever going to end well, you would think it would end well in that situation. Yes. All right, uh, when we come back over to football, how do the Cardinals plan on filling Zach Ertz's role on Monday? We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, so no Zach Ertz on Monday or at all this season going forward. We're going to get into this here, Wolf, but how about uh, Hollywood Brown, how he looked to practice based on the eight seconds of video we've seen? Yeah, um, once again, <laughs> once again, can we just say for the record right now, um, I think they opened up the window for Hollywood Brown to play on Monday night. And as long as he suffers no setbacks, he's going to play Monday night. I believe that you, based on how he was practicing. You can go ahead and check out. Uh, that was Tyler. I think that was. A, yeah, that's our own Tyler Drake's Twitter feed. He had a couple cuts from Hollywood Brown. One one video of Hollywood making it. It looks like he's ready to go. He looks. I mean, Buddha. We saw Buddha last Friday from practice for ten seconds, and he was just kind of running. Right. I would say Hollywood looks even more ready based on you know irresponsible uh, <laughs> <laughs> diagnosis based he on ten seconds of video. Up, man, describe it. Describe the video for Tyler. Can we tweet that out? By the way, can we do that? Yeah, I mean, he's, it's so here, yeah, he's, it's it's straightforward, cut right make the catch yes he's really chopping it up he's yeah. going through a ladder on the ground of course and when i say that it's just it, there's strips on the ground it's just ladder work boom, 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 boom. chopping it up chopping it up chopping it up then cutting and he looks really really good chopping it and he looks really really good cutting yeah. so um yeah you know what we'll see how it goes for him this week of course but I fully expect him to play based on what I saw in practice. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's it's four seconds of video that'll make you feel better about the provided, uh, of course, that he doesn't suffer any type well, yeah. of suffering. Okay, but where he is right now, I mean, that's yes, where he is right now. Also, <laughs> I don't know why they're showing all these uh, snow games, but I think it's because the Bills and Browns that tweet yesterday that they're looking at maybe six feet of snow. It's unbelievable. Brings back so many cool memories, man. Um, of course many Halloweens it would snow um, but November yeah here it comes November and December don't get into January <laughs> January in the park look out because that stuff comes off the lake and you don't even know it it's called lake effect snow and suddenly it comes off the lake and it just dumps and Orchard Park New York is right in the middle of the snow belt it is a snow belt. The snow belt runs just south, just the very south of Buffalo. It doesn't hit Buffalo itself, proper downtown Buffalo, just the south of it, and then right through Orchard Park below it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've seen a lot of storms where it dumps four feet of snow. Six feet? I got to tell you, <laughs> that's legendary <laughs> well, They said stuff. three to six. The, well, okay. Which is like Cam Johnson made out for one to two months. The blizzard of 77. Google it, my young crunk brothers. 
The blizzard of 77 in western New York decimated the place, and I'm talking about all of western New York, for about 17 days. Forget about it. This is why when people are are quick to write off the bills, and, oh, Miami's got this division, Miami's good. But if, <laughs> if Miami has to go play in even like a foot of snow, it's going to be a completely different uh, environment than they're used to, obviously. All right, this is a this segment I know you're going to be the most dialed in for here, Wolf. So let me play some audio from okay. Max Williams. Does Ooh, that sound good to you? Yeah. This is Max Williams from yesterday. Simple question. Hey, you think you'll be ready to maybe play some uh, football this week? Huh? Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, number four one eight six gets hurt, but I'm ready to go. Excited to play football again and excited now. Yeah, that's the best answer I got. It's just exciting, but uh, we got to keep playing winning football. Wow, I mean, I listened to that right there. Does that say he said yes? He did yeah, say yes, and then play. you sat yeah. up straight in your chair. Well, I, you know. Man, could this possibly happen once again? And again, I, I worry about Max and, and being healthy first. I do. Uh, he's a hockey okay? player growing up. He'll be fine. But he is. A, yeah. he's exactly right. And it's a lower body injury. I, I'm just saying, if he could be even 80%, even 75% of what he was as a blocker right now, the best personnel group the Arizona Cardinals have, beyond a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion, offensively, is 11 personnel with Max Williams as their tight end. Yeah, because that's, what that's I'm gonna closer say. to twelve personnel than when Zach Ertz is your tight end and eleven I, personnel. Exactly. I'm just saying right now, man. You got those three wide receivers. If you can run Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Rondell Moore out on the field with Max Williams as your stud tight end, and James Conner as your running back, and Kyler Murray as your quarterback, that to me right there, that's metaphorical death to a defense. Right, I got more from Max. Okay. Okay. I got I got 15 cuts here, so I'm going to run through some of these. Uh, here he is talking about losing Zach Ertz. I know the same feeling like last year, but uh, I feel for him. I've talked to him every day, and it's one of those things you never want to happen, but it's football, and I know he's going to attack it the same way I did all offseason and be ready to go. So it sucks, but we still got a whole season to play, and we got to be ready to roll. And two more that uh, might give us some insight on if he's going to be playing on Monday nights. I feel great. I feel great right now, so get ready for, uh, I was saying Sunday, but I guess get ready for Monday night. And they asked him if he's anticipating a higher workload, like just asking the same question different ways as you have to as a reporter. I'm telling you, hey, I'm going to do what they ask. Same thing every year for me. Problem solved, go out there. If they want me to do this, I'll do it. Whatever they ask me for, I'm here to win football games and have fun with the team. So prepare for whatever they want me to do this week, game plan all week, and Monday night, let all things roll. <laughs> he just said it right there. That he's, I mean, he's, he's talking like, you know, I'm going to do this, right? Max Williams is the only audio we play where you lose control of your words. <laughs> Once again, though, because the basin on easy, you have to understand why. Why is that? Because he brings balance. He does. He brings balance to this team offensively. Where they can line up, oh, you want to go six in the box? That's fine. We'll get a hat on a hat with our five offensive linemen and with our stud tight end, Max Williams. And we can do it north and south. And we'll hand the ball off to James Conner. And you know what? We'll be balanced. Man, go back and look at it. I say it over and over and over again, but it is the truth. Go back and look at 2021, September, October, into November. The Arizona Cardinals were a... There were 11 personnel, and Max Williams was their stud tight end. They have a better receiving core now than they did then. This is what I was saying earlier, though. It, it's a different, it's such a different lineup every week. 
this potentially, because of what you just said, if you really, if Max Williams is good to go and you run him out there, then this is your lineup, basically. I mean, we, got, we don't know if Kyler's even playing. But if Kyler's playing and Max Williams plays, this is your lineup on offense that was winning all those games and you're adding Hollywood Brown into it, yes. presumably. Yes. Now the offensive line is beat up, but the offensive line just played good against the Rams. I'm just it, like it, it, but also it would and be maybe you might be getting somebody back. And it, it, Humphrey. That's, well, it would only be Humphreys, right? I mean, well, nobody else. I, could, well, that's could come one. Back. No, it's a big one. It's a big one. But I'm just saying, like he's the only option. Um, but that's such a different lineup than what we just saw four days ago. In L.A., yes, it's it been, is. and that was different than what we saw against Seattle, and all of it was different than what we saw the first six weeks when they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. Like it, it, the offense, even just the offense at skill positions, that has been so different every other week this season. It's it's unreal. And can I also say too that I believe you're getting a different Rondale Moore? Yes, I I, I honestly, based on earnings, I believe this stuff, man. I believe this stuff. He's a young guy trying to make his way in his second year in the league. A young guy that is experiencing stacked success like he's never experienced before. Now, can he do it better in the future? Yes, he can. Is he a finished product? Heck no. But right now, the the three games that Rondell Moore has stacked back to back to back, the best in his career. And what kind of confidence could that bring? I I would venture to say this. Rondell Moore is a different player going forward this season than he was before these three games. All right, so let's let's go uh, ideal, realistic, ideal offensive lineup for Monday in Mexico City. Realistic. So you're going to go you're going to go 11 personnel, you're going to go three receivers. I'm going to go 11 personnel, man, one back, one tight end, Max Williams, James Conner, thank you. Okay. Three wide receivers, let's roll. Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown. Boom. Okay. Offensive line you're going to have Beach, you're hoping DJ Humphreys comes back. That'd be awesome, man. Oh. And then Billy Price Billy Price has got to be your center. Lasita Smith. I mean, Lasita Smith. They look good. So the only Lasita question, Smith, man. the only question then is, uh, you know, I love Lasita. You, he, you were on him in August. This that guy, was your guy, this this guy had a a certain something something about him that I really really liked. Um, uh, you know what? I'm with him though. I didn't expect to see him this year. <laughs> he said that himself. He did say that. He didn't expect to actually be out there on the field this year remember, in games. Remember when you didn't think you were going to start this year? Let's see. It's actually, you are going to start against Aaron Donald. Oh, yes. that's a must win in L.A. Yeah, and can we get Will Hernandez back, please? Well, as I was going to say, you still need a left Dude guard. was having a great year. So who's your left guard then on Monday? Well, it's going to be Lasitas, I think, will okay. be the left guard. Okay, so then who's your... so. Okay, so then who you're going at right guard? Then. Yeah, right, um, Cody. Okay, you bring, and then the only question I have left: Who's your quarterback? <laughs> it's my quarterback. <laughs> that, that, Kyler one, Murray. that one small position. Tell See, me, Kyler's ready to go, man. As we're going through this, you realize how many question marks there are still on this uh, on this lineup, just because injuries. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.